I'm Ryan. I'm Christian. I'm Braxton. And welcome to the Question at Hand, the least specific podcast. What's up, guys? And welcome back to the question at hand. And does it smell like feet in here to you guys? Y'all smell that? Is that... You have shoes on? Yeah. Is it me on. or is it Christian? We both have shoes off. I don't know. I don't know. It does it, smell weird. It definitely smells like feet. But it was hot today, too. It was pretty hot. It was like 90-something outside, which is pretty steamy. Not nearly as steamy as it will get. But it is pretty steamy. So Braxton and I last night watched uh, National. What? Oh, I know. I'm wearing flip flops. Okay. Uh, who knows, man? Uh, Braxton and I last night watched National Treasure again. You know, for like the hundredth time that we watched it. But it's been a while since we've watched it. Yes. And uh, I thought it was interesting that we've seen this movie so many times, and there were parts where you're like, "Dude, why do they? Why did they do that? What is the whole point of that?" Like the deal with, or that. I would notice things about the plot where I'm like, "Oh, that's why that happened." Yeah, because I never like actually paid, paid that close enough attention, <laughs> or I did, but you know, it was little stuff to like make the plot make sense. Yeah, but I never needed to know that. Yeah, I mean, there was that one point uh, where they he like mixes up that stuff that he dips the coin. Yeah, like in. the UV light. Yeah, stuff. it's like a UV light. Like you wouldn't know that it's on, uh, and that's how that they you know find the password and stuff and figure all that out. But Braxton was like, what is, why are they doing that? Like, what is that for? And I'm like, it, it, that's the reason that this and this and this works. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. 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 And uh, Christian was out of town. So he unfortunately missed, missed the, the showing of National Treasure. I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. It Wait. is one of those where I would like start watching it and I wouldn't finish it for some reason. Not because I wasn't enjoying it, it but I was end up doing part. something else. I've only seen clips of it on TV. Uh -huh. When it was on... Like when it's on TV. You ever actually sat down and watched all of National Treasure? No. Like you've probably seen one? it all, but you haven't sat down and watched it all. How does it end? Um, what I remember is somehow he steals the Declaration of Independence. Uh-huh. Um, they go underground or something and the president is there. Uh, That's the second wrong, one. But yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's the second one. <laughs> uh, there's the church and they like push something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Beneath Parkinson Lane. That does happen. Parkinson um, Lane. Then they go down Someone backstabs them. Yeah, right. And it's Boromir. Then everything's gold. And then the guy gets a Ferrari. That's actually good. That's a pretty good description of the That's ending. all I remember. And I was like 10. That's pretty much it. Wait, we have a National Treasure 3 Nat Trez Trace segment on the podcast <laughs> and you haven't seen either one of the two movies all the way through? Okay. I didn't. We'll, I, we'll, we'll we need that. to watch both point. of them ASAP with Christian. The second one isn't as good as the first one. See, but I, it's pretty good. I really like the second one. Well, the here's the thing about it: the, the first one is hard to top because it's the original one. The second one is the second better one is leading up to the finale, 
But the second one's finale is not as good as and satisfying to me personally as the first one is. Well, why do you say that? I don't know. I find the 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 story, the history, and other story behind the first National Treasure more interesting than the one in the second one. Even though the El Dorado thing is cool, I don't know. It just didn't work as well. In for the me. Black Hills of South Dakota. Um, it's literally in Mount Rushmore. Second one. Yeah, that's. That's the only thing that I was like, it's really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even for me, I'm like, that's why they wow. built Mount Rushmore. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's equal parts great. And you know what I mean? Yeah, it's great. Well, and I mean, it's hard to top stealing the Declaration of Independence and I think because the there's a map here, on the right? back of it. Yeah. Yes. The first one was so epic and crazy. Yeah. The second one was either going to go harder and be better or whoever, worse. Whoever yeah. writes these is like a genius because they're a mad It's man. so good. It's always so good. Yeah. But, yeah. The and first, it's, it's crazy. It's as good when you watch it like the 40th time as it is the first. Now, you know what's coming so it's not quite as like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but, but, end, but I but, think it's more satisfying because you know like, yeah, you know where we're headed. You know well, it's going like, to be a good I know ending. last night when we were watching you said there was a lot of like set up and then kind of a letdown and then a payoff. Yes. It, well, there's two. I, it ends like three times before it's yes. like they actually reach the treasure room. Yes. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Because I forget what happens. The, the, and there's, the, there's the first chamber that they're in and there's nothing in it. And then they, I don't know. and then he, I don't know how they get to the other room. Okay, so you want me to tell you? Yeah. Because I remember. Because I've watched this and I pay attention. Uh, <laughs> not that you don't or anything. Right. But. Well, I, I know he puts the pipe in, but so, that's in the second room. So this is how it ends. And if you haven't watched National Treasure, what are you doing with your life? I'll just give you, I'll just be very blunt about that one because that's one that you need to watch. So, And it's uh, not all hinged on like, he finds the so treasure. So they know? have Ian, that's the bad guy. And he's on the elevator and they give him the clue about the, the, fake the lantern. Clue. It's a fake clue about Boston. And they turn around once he goes up and they're like, all right, Riley, come on. And so he figures out and it's, he, there's like an, an eye on the back and he says, through the all-seeing eye. And so he pushes in this button that's an eye at the bottom oh. and it opens up this door and they walk through it and you see a like there's a few ransacked like, trash possible pieces of gold but it's like yeah, someone it has looks like taken the treasure the room was there and yeah. then it got ransacked by some thieves and they took out whatever was there and it, it's a pretty small room that they first walk in but they're like oh, man it wasn't it's not here right and they decided and, to resolve and keep looking for it but then and then he's like yeah but you know one thing doesn't make sense is the first thing that they would have done is cut a second shaft out for air and for like a, an escape if uh it caves in or whatever. And so they look around and he sees these circles on the wall and one of them is empty and it has a perfect cutout of the pipe that the secret lies a with Charlotte. A million dollar pipe? Yeah. A million dollar pipe? Uh, and, and so he, he, the pipe is, he breaks in half or takes it apart. It's really right, not takes breaking the stem it. Off. Yeah, so he just takes the stem off, puts it in, Turn, pushes the stem in and turns it and then the door opens and they're like, oh my gosh. And then it's revealed it's like 
all the cool stuff in there, but then he lights the thing and it's like and the it's football like, field's worth yes. of oh, treasures. So good. so good. And the score for that just sets That's, everything the, up the so The music well. was so good in it. Oh my gosh. It really is. Yeah. I, I'm doing a, uh, a music production class at the moment. It's by Charlie Puth. It's on this platform called Monthly and it takes 30 days. And I texted Braxton mm-hmm. before and I said, I need inspiration. Let's watch a movie. <laughs> so we get over there and uh, you recommended a couple of things. At first I was like, we need to watch Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I've never seen Big Trouble in Little China. And he said the, the score for it was kind of strange, I think is what you said. Uh, and so then somehow we landed on National Treasure. But the score in that is just so good. And I don't think that it actually inspired me to come home and like, you know, but it was just turn, turn something out. But man, it's so freaking good. And I'm just so impressed that there are people after trying to make music for the last three days. And I'm sure we'll probably listen to whatever I get done at some point because uh, right. at the end of this the 30 finish. days. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it's just crazy to me after doing this for the last three days, how difficult it is for me to get out, which I think there's like a point one part basically that I, I think there's a, a point where you become good at this, but like I can hear what I want to play in my head, mm. but I am not like skilled enough musically, like in piano or guitar or whatever instrument right. that I want to play, uh, to put it into my DAW digital audio workspace. Uh, so basically like Logic Pro, Pro Tools, whatever music software that I'm using for, you know, making music. And uh, it's tough, man. I'm so impressed by these guys that like score movies. Because that's what yeah, I wanted insane. to do when I was little for a long time was like score movies. Because I was just, the music makes a movie. Like oh, literally yeah, does. Absolutely. Um, and like, I know uh, Trevor Rabin, I think is the one who did the music for National Treasure. Uh, Hans Zimmer is like, well, well renowned in the music, um, like film scoring mm. uh, realm. And then I really like, I was talking to you about this last night, Braxton, but I really like this new guy that his name is Ludwig Gorenson or Ludwig Gorenson. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he's but been doing The Mandalorian. He did The Mandalorian. He's done a couple other movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're all really good. And he uses... And it's all different. Really funky sounds. Like I know for The Mandalorian theme, he's got like some recorders and stuff. And like some of the instruments, I don't even know what they're called. He, like he went over what they were in like this video that I yes. watched where he was like... It was like a behind the scenes of I've The Mandalorian theme. But like... But it was all very specific. Like, oh, this is a whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I wanted to have this sound. And he's like, yeah, I learned how to play it and then I just like came up with this yeah. The good thing is all he had to do was play that one melody. <laughs> and then he just uh, put that in. <laughs> it's so it was more everything. than that, but... And then it goes... Dun, dun. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And that's also what's good about the, dun, dun. the music and stuff is how, especially in The Mandalorian, they use it a lot because it's so dun, simple dun, even dun, though it's complex. Dun. Is that exactly what you're talking about? There's the there's the back driving part, there's the flute part, and then there's that like deeper like didgeridoo part that each yes. have different complete melody. And depending on the mood, it like, changes what it is. Yeah, but then they come together for the theme song. Mm. So good. This is always satisfying. Yeah, 
And then whatever he does at the end, that sounds like a screeching sound on those like recorder or whatever it is. Oh yeah. Is really good. Like it, it, it's not something that you would hear by itself and you're like, oh man, that sounds terrible. Right, it's not. But in this <laughs> yeah. with like the setup for the Mandalorian and like this theme that it's in, it's like super cool. It sounds like some kind of a bird is like squawking at the yeah. end. Yeah. It's really cool. Those guys are so incredibly talented. And uh, I'm glad that I probably didn't choose. I'm probably glad that I didn't choose to do film scoring because I feel like that's a very difficult industry to get into unless you're like a prodigy. And you're like, it just comes super easily for you. Yeah, it would, it would take a, a whole lot. Yeah. Whole some lot. of those guys are crazy too because you know some of them sit down and they'll watch the movie and score it with it and like play what they think should fit with the movie. And some of them, they're just given like a rough outline of whatever it is. It, didn't you say Interstellar? Oh, yeah, yeah. That they did the Interstellar theme with like no... Like beforehand sort of? Yeah, it was almost beforehand. They just kind of told him this yeah, is what the movie's about. It wasn't the actual was, music. He came up with the idea before. But scoring, you do it with a picture lock. With a what? Picture lock. It's a picture lock. It's... The fully edited movie in perfect form, just without the the the, 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 the big the screen scoring. thing. With yeah, the, yeah. It's called picture lock. Picture lock. Okay. Yeah, it's still nuts. Those guys are crazy talented. Do you ever want to do something like that? Film scoring. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have the musical knowledge to do anything um, like classical. A lot of film scoring stuff is more Highly on the lines of, of classical. And what they'll do is they might write it on a program or, or write it on like sheet music and then hire a uh, studio session, whatever they're called. Orchestra to, yeah. to actually record it. Um, but a lot of stuff is changing. The, the technology is getting a lot better to where you can easily fake it with a laptop and some good plugins. Right, right. Well, well, the Mandalorian guy, I'm sure, like, <clears throat> like he says, he plays a majority of the instruments on the I think the he track. plays just about all of them. Mm-hmm. But so it's basically him and his own mm-hmm. studio or something like that recording. Yeah, he's also line like, and then he mixes it and he, you know. He's also, I think, a, like a prodigy. Yes. Like, yeah. that guy is so freaking talented. Like, it's almost, I think, I don't know that he, I don't know if he's got perfect pitch or if he can just play by ear, but like, he just, it seems like he can just pick up whatever instrument he wants because, which that is kind of his job. But right. he's all, I mean, he's also playing like a crazy wide variety of instruments for like, the stuff that he's doing, like Mandalorian. I don't even know where he found that instrument that they use in that, but I mean, I'm sure he just heard something about it and was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then he started like playing it. He like picked it up and just started playing basically, <laughs> I think is what he said. So uh, I don't know, man. Those guys are so talented. It's crazy. I think uh, film scoring would be super dope. But Yeah. And it's one thing to do like 
go and find music and put it to because there's lots of movies that do that where they just pull music, right? Needle drops, and they just which that's, throw a, that's it in, kind of another cut it up a little bit in a different yeah. way, but oh, it's yeah. not as you know intensive. I would say, of course, yeah. It's also I feel like a lot of times the score like makes the movie so much that it does. It adds so much more than like you would think it. Yeah, it's that, not like, like just, just the music sticking in like a Baja Men song or something like they used to do. Like, yeah, it just doesn't fit quite as well. And like, it's good. It adds a little something besides it just being silence for like a transition or like, right. But the whole, the, the like whole that, thing but, about it, like making themes and stuff, that's what sticks with you because it's like, I think somehow like in our brains, like we like, like even if you don't understand anything about music, you get like, oh, like that's this character's theme. Or like, oh, this is the theme that plays like when it's, you know, this emotion, even if you don't, you're not like thinking mm-hmm. of that or understanding it technically, like our brains are just like, oh, like I get it. Yeah. Like culturally, emotionally, like I understand like what this is. Yeah. It's very like accessible. Epic characters need epic music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you came over to my house the other day, I wasn't like watching it. I like listened to it, like the Lord of the Rings commentary oh, yeah. thing. So the music in it, and like every time the music is so like, in the Lord of the Rings? Yes. Yeah, the music really is, I think that's like one of the best jobs that has ever been done. Is yeah. The music in Lord of the Rings. It's good. I don't know that I noticed it in that as much as I do in some other movies, but it's really good. Yeah. I yeah. always noticed it when I like started listening to the soundtracks of it, like out of place of the movie. And it's like, I feel just as much or more like emotion from this than like the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's when it's good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I go to Braxton's yesterday and I walk in and he's got this Lord of Ring, Lord of the Rings commentary version on the TV. And he's like, yeah, I just throw that up whenever I work around the house. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> it's not surprising. Is How it? often do you watch that? Uh, not that often. Not very often? No, not very often. I only was listening to that in particular because I had watched Fellowship of the Ring, the first one, like two months ago or something. And I was like, eh, what am I going to watch? And I was like, oh, yeah, this. I wanted to listen to the What do they talk about in the commentary version? Well, there's like, well, because of the Lord of the Rings, there's four different commentaries. Four? <laughs> Which I think is like the most that's ever attacked. What? There's one with, the, with Peter Jackson and the two writers. There's one with all of the cast. Which is the best one? That's not what I was... All oh, yeah. of the cast? Well, almost all the cast. Like, Aragorn isn't there. And there's a few other people who aren't there. But that's pretty much... It's pretty much everybody. And then there's one with, like, the post-production people, which is, like, Howard Shore with the music and, like, the visual effects people. And there's another one with, like, the production designers, basically the people who, like... Make the sets. and Made the sets and do, the like, the pre-production art, mm-hmm. you know? But, uh... The, the cast was what I was. T- I told you about this. How it was a story from. Okay, you know that there's the two other hobbits that aren't Sam and Frodo. Yes, okay. they're like brothers, right? Well, I don't know if they're brothers, movie? but they they they're like the goofy ones. Am I thinking of? Is this for Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit? No, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is the Hobbit where the two brothers go with them. I'm pretty sure they're brothers, man. I'm pretty sure they're like twins. Well, they look like they should be, but I don't think technically they are, but they look like they are. 
you're, you're probably thinking of the right ones. Okay. But like, they, I guess they were messing around or something on set one day and they were, they, they weren't even playing a game. They were just messing around with a game called TIG. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, they were just playing around, but then Elijah Wood comes up who plays the main character. He's like, oh, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, we're playing a TIG. And then they proceed to make up like the most complicated rules of like some form of tag or like rock, paper, scissors or something mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you can't TIG on a TOG. You can't tag on a, on a TIG. Oh, you just TOG to tag. You can't do that. Did they ever explain like what all that meant to him? Well, yes, I think it was like a, something like rock, paper, scissors or tag where it's like everybody stands in a circle and it's like you have to pass it around or something. Okay. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like, mean, that's not typically how you play like tag. No, but you've seen those games where it's like the heightened version of rock, paper, scissors where it's like, oh, like you have to be a dinosaur and you can like do this. I think it was something like that, but basically like Elijah like, Wood struggled so hard to understand this and wanted to play this game and talked about how he enjoyed playing this game. Did and he, he wanted to see the rule book. Like on TV shows and like talk shows and stuff whenever they would go on? Uh, Probably. This may have been. Yeah, you know, what? what's your favorite memory from Lord of the Rings? Well, yeah. on set, we played this game called TIG. Right. But it... But it and you heard it, of it. And then it kind of died out. But then a year later, Elijah's asked, oh, why don't we play TIG anymore? And then the other two guys were like, oh my God, dude, like, we forgot to tell you that was all fake. That was all a joke. It wasn't a real game. We made that up. And he was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I just cracked up picturing like you can't tig on a on a tog. You just t- you just togged a tag. Yeah, but you can't, you know, tig a tag. But you can't tog a tig. You can tig a tag, but you can't tog a tig. But you also can't tag a tug. Exactly. Yeah, I think those are the actual rules. Yeah, <laughs> they might as well have been. <laughs> wow, can you imagine being in that position? Where you think that this game is real and it's something that everybody should know about, and you, but you like can't understand. And it. you go around and you're like, "Dude, have you played Tig?" And they're like, "No, what is that?" And you like explain it to them. They're like, "Dude, that's not a, nobody plays that. That's not a real game." That would be devastating. <laughs> You'd be like, "I have been lied to this entire time." I'm sure he was really upset about that. Yeah. They also talked like, about dude, how, now like, we can't play TIG anymore. When they're in the boats, you know, and they pass by the statues. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and they have to, like, they're in like canoes and they're like paddling. They said one time, like, they would paddle and they would try to, like, Sean Bean and Orlando Bloom had the paddles and they would mm-hmm. try to, like, push each other's canoe, like, in the Away. wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> and the one time they, like, like, Orlando Bloom was trying to do that mm-hmm. and he pushed it and they, like, they, they you fell know, they over. Capsized the canoe and had to redo the whole thing. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and that would suck too if you're like in full uh, like elf like makeup or something and you're like, oh yeah. my God. That's so funny. Golly. Yeah, you'd have to go like literally sit through makeup and again. That Get would, your little ears that would reapplied. Suck. That would suck so hard. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, coming back to like the TIG thing, how that we... <laughs> 
how that you can think something is like the coolest thing ever and to other people they're just like it doesn't matter like it's no big deal and you're like dude do you remember that time that we did this and they're like no, no. yeah and you're like what dude that was the coolest thing we ever did yeah it was really like, special for some reason but to really. them it's like it doesn't matter they, they, there was they way cooler it. stuff that you did to them <laughs> yeah or uh yeah it's just funny how like the little memories that people have Oh, yeah. Where they can well, I'm always too. Where like I do remember it, but I'll forget. So someone's like, "Oh, you remember that time we did this?" And I'm like, "Wait, no, I mean, wait, what?" And yeah. then I get to, and then I get to relive. Yeah, excitement. Yeah. Oh, and it's funny because like something that may be like a highlight of someone's life to one person yes. could be something that was like kind of that forgettable. Was, that was so stupid. Like, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. And you're like, okay, and then you kind of feel like. Def- right, you feel like a jerk about almost. it. You're like, if you're the other guy, wow. where you're like, oh, I feel bad. I feel like maybe that should be more special, but it, 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 yeah. it doesn't have to be, but it's always kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Or someone's like, oh, I just remember when you did this. And I was like, oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least it was good. Positive memory. I want to go to racing school. <sighs> yeah, like that. <laughs> kind of like that. Exactly like that. Remember the time he threw his backpack <laughs> and got sent to the office and had to go like to in school to suspension for the day or something. <laughs> did we tell you about this story? Yes. I, we did we talk Christian? Yes. We, we talked about that one guy we went to high school with. That we ate lunch with every day. We did. You just probably just don't remember. So anyway, he's walking <laughs> from not- <laughs> he's walking from the ag building and he comes in and he says, what's up, guys? And chunks his backpack. And then... From really far away. From really so far away. slid up and hit the table we were yeah, sitting at. like really hard too because he had his books and stuff in there. And he went... To, he was throwing his backpack over so he could go stand in line to get food. And they were like, get over here. And he's like, what? <laughs> he like goes and grabs his backpack and like walks over and he has to go to the office. And Here's why it was the greatest thing. We didn't see him for The reason days. he was doing that was he was having like a good day and he was a really good day. Hey, what's up guys? And it was literally comedic timing. What's up guys? Sling, backpack hits table. Hey! It was literally like boom, boom, boom. His day is ruined. Yeah. It and was there were comedic not, timing. I mean, there were only so many days that were like really good days for him and that was know. one of them. <laughs> And then it got destroyed. And then he, he just got, got roasted. Yeah. At the time he's sitting and be like, oh my God, you won't believe what happened. And we're like, what happened? Because it would always be some sort of like ridiculous drama yeah. that doesn't even matter. I just remember I was, he sat down one day and he said, dude, you drive a Jeep, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, it's white with a tan top. And I'm like, yeah. He was like, oh, I saw you this morning. Your shocks were dragging on the road. And I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> like, what? So, there were either shocks that were hanging off my car, dragging on the road, and they fell off, and I never saw them, or he is a lunatic. <laughs> One of the two. Uh, he provided great entertainment. Though. It did, yeah. I mean, there was never a dull day at lunch when he was there, that was for sure. And that's what was so weird, is we would be sitting there eating calmly. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking. It was a very nice... And then he would come in, it's like... Blah, 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 and it would literally... We would just sit there, and like he would ramble... About I don't know what, yeah, and it's like I guess yeah. just get it out. We weren't you know very I mean? calm a lot of the time. What? We had we got lots of looks from people at other tables because we laughed so hard. Yeah, that was weird too. Yeah, I don't I don't I even wish know what were, all we I talked wish about. You sat but there, it, that Christian? was like the funniest lunch I've ever had. Because with you there, it would have been like increased like twofold. 
Yeah. With like the laughter that would have been created there. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Jacob came and sat with us at one point too. And then he and then he got too good for us or something and sat somewhere else, didn't he? Or something happened. I don't remember what happened. I don't know. Like, he, he didn't come sit with us until like almost the end of the year, I think. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it was funny. Matter. And so he he was a, a good provider of entertainment as well. Yeah. It was always a good time. <laughs> Gosh. You called him peaches and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I still think he hated that nickname. He, yeah. I think originally he kind of was like, oh, it's okay. And then he was like, okay, it's old. I think first he thought it was cool. It was cool he had at a first. Nickname. But then it's like, okay, I'm a person now. <laughs> okay, look, I was a freshman. I am now a senior and you're like, still I'm calling me I'm 18 years peaches. old now. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You're a big shot man. now. I got a nickname. <laughs> That's from Big Holes. Pimpin'. Yeah, that did happen that one yep. day. We're falling back into the thing of <laughs> telling the same story. And it's not good. About how they called me that that one time. Have we told that on the podcast? Yeah, I think so. Way, way back. I don't even know how you got that nickname. Uh, I forget. I think someone in like one of the older kids in FFA started calling me that because I was like obviously awkward and derpy, you know? So they started calling you Big Pimpin. Yeah. But I thought it was funny too. So I, yeah. you know, <laughs> I accepted Big it. Pimpin. But I, but then I sat at a table with older kids and they somehow knew that or someone who also sat there made a joke about it one time so they were calling me that. And this one girl who used to sit at that table um, walked by when we were waiting outside of Miss Cohen's uh, biology class and said, hey, Big Pimpin, to me. Yep. And everyone like lost their minds. Yep. <laughs> it was the, it was like a, and to me, it, it was, was like funny. an inside ag joke. Yes. And then when it came outside ag, it was like, it was like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> and just uh, had a, it, it'd be one thing. If I was a guy almost, I was almost a little insulted because they were laughing. Y'all were laughing that hard. You know what I mean? I was like, that was funny, but like, you know what I mean? It I'm, just a, came I'm, out a, I'm a smidge hurt. It just hurt. came out of nowhere because it would have been one thing if a guy had walked by and said, hey, Big Pimpin. Yes. And like, you know, said it like half jokingly or something. But no, but it was she an, was like... It was an attractive yes, girl and she was like and dead it. serious. She was like... And it was oh, serious. Hey, Big Pimpin. And, and we were that, like... And everyone did it. <laughs> and it was funny because everyone was standing outside the classroom like next to each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we were waiting for the door to get open. So there was nothing to yeah, do or see except for that. Hanging out. And then there was a big pimpin. Oh, that happened. That was one of the, the best and worst things that's ever happened to me. I'm just, uh, are you, does anyone call, still call you that? No. I'm glad that you didn't like take that under your wing and like Ugh. plaster it all over the back of your truck like some guys would do. Yeah. And well, it, it was, said like Braxton, big pimpin, McKnight. Well, the problem, or you put it on your Facebook. Oh, uh, don't. Oh, that's disgusting. You know but that people like, do that, though. Yes, I know. They have those <laughs> games. Um, Braxton, big pimp, and McNight. The weird thing now is how on Facebook they have the like activity, activities you do, and you go on some people's and they have like forty activities, and it's like, yeah, I do stuff too, but like, yeah. I don't have an alphabetized list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be your rapper name. If you ever start rapping, yeah, that's what big pimpin said. Yep, but uh, young gravy but no. featuring big. But it, it never worked though because it was like on purpose to be like funny. Yeah, yeah. But there are some people 
who would have put that as their Facebook name. Yes. And you know that's true. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. While we're on the topic of Facebook, how do you guys feel about joint Facebook accounts? I think it's okay. Well, I think it's okay because it's mostly like one of your parents, like friends, who the dude is never going to have a Facebook account. So him and his wife have it together. So it's like, eh, whatever. That's fine. Why have it together though? If he's not, if I mean, if he's not getting on it, what does it matter? Yeah, it it really doesn't. Yeah. Is that like the a sign of like? The only reason it would is if, if it, I if, am married. I was assumed it was like using Facebook for the reason of like finding like people you went to high school with or something. To where it's like if you're certain, you know what I mean? Like to have his name on there to be like, oh, it's this dude and this woman. You know? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know how. There's many one thing that bothers me though way. is they don't say and, they put mm it, with an n with a capital n. Yeah. I don't like that. They should just type out blank. Like name, space, and space, you know, which Facebook might not allow that. It may not allow spaces. Yeah. The first name. Yeah. No, it does. I, I mean, it does because people put their middle name. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This may just be me, but I think it's weird, first of all. Uh, <laughs> and I'll just come, str- I'll just come right out <laughs> and say that I think it's really weird. And if at some point my future wife were to say, hey, you should delete your Facebook and we should make, joint Facebook accounts, I would look at her and say, are you crazy? Well, that would be weird. It would be weird. That would be weird to Also, to if she delete. didn't have it and said, can I, like, you know, put, 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 put her put, name on yours, you I would say no? Name on your Facebook? I'm like, <laughs> it's free. Make your own. <laughs> then yeah. we can say, hey, you're in a relationship with me and everybody knows. I just yeah. think it's weird. Yeah. Because people use Facebook for different reasons. Some people, right. some people use it to connect with family and friends. Some people use it to find recipes or whatever. It's basically, it's basically turned into like a, 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 so a, it's, it's, a crappy it's pseudo a social browser. media, like phone book contact list with Pinterest and YouTube and now Twitch with Facebook gaming. It's so bloated And it, there's so much that is going on. Facebook's about to introduce podcasts as well. It's going to so be stupid. insane. And I, I'm like... I could be wrong. Okay. But like, I think this is going to... I mean, I don't think Facebook will ever go away. I don't either. But I think point, it's the thing of like... There's like a billion people that use like Facebook. When a business is there and then it tries to be like, oh, look at what these other ones are doing. And instead of trying to do... Keep trying doing a really good job at what they actually do... They do five different things that five other companies try to do, really crappy, and therefore nobody uses it. So, and I think I, that's what all of Facebook's little like. So, what I use Facebook I mean? primarily for now, because I'm into disc golf, is I'm in all these disc golf groups. The groups I think are the the best and worst thing. I think they're about cool. Facebook, for the most part, because I I'm in a lot of them and I use a lot of them for different things. I'm in I'm in a bunch of disc golf ones. So there's like a discraft group that I'm in. There's like a Paul Macbeth and Paige Pierce collector group that I'm in. I'm in Brody Smith's collector group. Uh, I'm in like Nate Sexton's collector page. Um, there's a bunch of like these collector pages, and basically you're on there so that you know about drops that are coming up because there's been lots of limited drops lately. Uh, and then if you want to resell a disc. Like if you're like, I'm never going to throw this or I need some money. Let me resell whatever I bought for, you know, retail price. And some of these are selling for like $500. I think uh, one of Nate Sexton's, he did like a limited release 
Sexton Firebird, which is in like this special plastic that Innova does. And it's like one of the hottest discs that they come out with the entire year. And they did a limited release at Las Vegas and there were like a hundred of them or a thousand of them. There were a very limited number of these discs and they, one of them resold for like $750 the other day. Um, Brody Smith's collector page is nuts. You bought a $25 piece of plastic at the first like limited edition Get Freaky release, which is just this this called a Zone, which is an overstable putter. And it's in this crystal flex plastic and it says Get Freaky on it because that's his like part of his brand now at, at this point. Uh, and I saw one the other day that someone was selling like an entire set of these and it came out in black, then orange, then blue, then green, then pink, and then a glow. And they sold the whole thing for like two grand. Which is nuts. How do people have that much money just for a piece of plastic that they are going to buy and never throw? Which I guess at this point, it's like NFTs or Pokemon cards. Yeah. Eventually like, the bottom will eventually, fall out. Well, you know I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. You say that, but I mean, if if Brody Smith well, goes even if on you don't to ever win, see it, it's basically like then they possess these these things that they think are valuable, but then it's like who is also going to pay them for that once they have it? More people that want to collect. But you get what I'm saying. But there's only a finite number mm-hmm. of. Does that make sense? Yes, which is why that it's more rare. Like the whole. No, a fin- like a finite number of people who are willing to get it and then once those people have it, but then they have like three or four double copies that they're going to sell to other people, but those other people don't exist. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they fulfilled, you know what I'm saying? They, they exist or they will come to exist at some point, which uh, is like, I guess, the Pokemon card deal. But like if you get a PSA 10 Charizard, you can sell it for like half a million dollars at this point. It's a, piece of cardboard with a right. print on it. But yeah, it's always hard for me to explain that because like to me it's like yes that thing is it's it's the the concept of it's there's two like versions of value, right? Mm-hmm. It has that version of value because yes, some like someone somewhere has been proven to pay that price for it. Mm-hmm. But is it really that valuable? No. You know what I mean? It's the two Does that make sense? It is that valuable to someone. But yes. it's really not. In the yeah. whole logic of every Does that make sense? Yeah. Like economically, it's not that valuable. But yeah. at that particular point, someone paid that for it. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people now are looking at it as like an investment of sorts, like where people would invest in real estate right. or, you know, a business or whatever, uh, stocks, bonds. Uh, they're looking at mm-hmm. discs, uh, yeah, Pokemon yeah. cards, NFTs, whatever, as an investment that they can resell at a, in the future right, right. at a much higher price and make a lot of money. Right. So, and that is good and it does work. But yeah. it has to be, it can't, for that, it can't be a quick turnaround. You have yeah, to sit it, on it, it. Well, I mean, it depends if you want a quick buck or if you want to sit on it for a long time. Right. I mean, like, people who Because the real value comes in putting it away for a little bit and letting it sit. 
Yeah, like one you of know. the guys that I saw. So there's only so many of these first edition collector boxes for the Pokemon cards that you can get like a first edition Charizard in. Uh, and there was a guy who bought like 10 of them like 20 years ago when he went to Hawaii, brought them back, never opened them, stuck them up in his closet, and now he's selling them for like a million dollars a piece. So yeah. you just never know what is going to blow up at this point. Oh, like, yeah, it's freaking yeah. crazy. Like I, when and I bought that original orange Get Freaky, because that was the sec- that was the first public release color. The first one was like a limited 100 release at an event. So you had to be like in Arizona to even get it. And they didn't sell out for like three days the first time. And I bought one. And I should have bought like 100. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they, I mean, they literally didn't sell out for like three days. And then from the blue ones took a little bit longer. They were still kind of difficult to get, but they were more difficult than the orange ones for sure. And then the green and pink and glows were like, they're sold out in like a minute or less. It's freaking nuts, man. Mm -hmm. It's insane that things are, that piece of plastic is going that quickly for that high demand. Just people can flip them like as soon as they get them. Like, don't care yeah. about it. Don't well, even just want to. Don't when, even want to attempt to throw it or keep it or do anything. They literally are posting them on eBay as soon as they check out. Like not right, even see that's what I mean. Their of how it's like it's like fake value. It's not even in their possession yet. You know what I mean? It. Yeah. It's not fake. It's there is a value on it. Well, yeah, I someone. think we're talking about different things, but yes. <laughs> what do you mean there's a fake value on it? Like, it's not really that valuable. But because it's limited, they think it is. And therefore, people pay for it. But it's really not. It's, I mean, it all boils down to who is buying it. Right. I mean, you could look at cars as an example. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the difference? I mean, other than, you know, luxury, I guess, between like a $20,000 like Camry or something random and like a freaking Lamborghini. I mean, in, at the end of the day, it gets, all you need a car for is to get you from point A to point B. Right, but they're not even using the, it's a thing that goes on a shelf. Yes. So, why spend the money on it? Right. I mean, if there were a hundred Lamborghinis made and you buy it for a hundred thousand dollars, which is way lower than what a Lamborghini actually right. costs, but just for example, uh, and then, someone else wants that car and they want to pay $500,000 for it because it's limited and they didn't get it the first time. I mean, there's no difference between that. Yeah. That's what's so weird about the limited editions too because there's a lot of that with like the movie collecting thing of where, you know, and the problem with limited editions is... What's different about the limited edition movie stuff? Cause I know nothing, just that they're, just that they're limited. It's the same concept. They what's, make 500, therefore they're more them, valuable though? because there's less of them. But what, is, what about it is limited? Like it's a movie. It comes like, in like it a has special been package or something. Mass distributed where everyone has already gotten this. It's just for the packaging. Right. Well, no, most of the time it'll be like like rare movies that are only like in print for a certain amount of time. Like more obscure movies. But there'll be like a cheaper version you can buy. But then there may be like a limited of five hundred or a thousand run of them. And those are the ones where like the websites will have it where only like you can't buy more than five then it's like, that's way too many. So obviously they buy all five and they end up, like you're saying on eBay, 
mm-hmm. with an inflated with were, an inflated that's value. That's what they were doing with this, and they were like, "Oh well, people need backups." And I'm like, "The it's, people it's that not, are buying that many are not resellers. actually throwing them." And so it's not. That's, like, that's what I'm talking about. Is how it's like an inflated value. Yeah. Right. They buy it because they think other people want it, and they do. But then the price increases because of them. Yeah. You know the people, all the the resellers and and scalpers and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, crazy, it's the whole man. thing about the the whole problem with the PlayStation Five release and all. That's like the the most recent big big example of all of that. Yeah, PlayStation screwed that up though, man. So did COVID, but I mean, you can't release a new console with that limited of quantity because yeah, the part of the problem was that people that work at the stores were taking them. Yes. And being like, oh, well, I put this one on reserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they would do it like once a week. And there's only like yes. two coming in. So like every time that one comes in, you only have one to sell because the other one is on reserve for whoever. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And who knows, there may have been some secret plan that Sony had like, oh, we'll do a, you know, a lower release and that'll make some benefit. But it's it, like, I don't think mm. they won it anyway. It just screwed them over. Yeah. It just made people mad. Like, like, how can you possibly benefit when like literally millions of people want your product and all it takes is getting it in their hands? Yeah. But you can't do that. Like, how dumb does that make you look? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I it, these companies... How much bad planning these does, companies that, does that show on Sony? make these gaming consoles have an idea of what the demand is before oh, yeah. they ever even start production. Yeah. So I just don't understand why that they're not releasing more. Like, are they just wanting people to flip them and give those people an opportunity to make money like, on their product? Yeah, I'm like, I don't understand what the point is. Like, why not just release like a million of them? Which I'm sure that's not even enough. But yeah, and with the console, I mean, I get, I mean, possibly they have been burned before, but I don't really see a way where it's like. I don't know. Nintendo's well, really bad about that too. Yeah, well, they have a history of being bad about that. Yeah. But I think the only th- the reason I think this is that it possibly could be somehow related to now there's never like a straight release of a console. It's like every two years they release the updated version. Mm-hmm. I think it could somehow be related to that. How they're like, oh, we don't really want to sell people the original PS5 version. We want to sell them the one from two years from now. We want to sell them the PS5 Slim. Slim. Exactly. That's what, you know what I mean? I've, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some like harebrained scheme to like sell. They couldn't come up with a better name than that. What? The Slim? P- the PlayStation 4 Slim. Well, it's not that bad of a name, but it's sometimes they terrible. weren't really that slim. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, it made sense for the PlayStation 2. I mean, your slim it was, was literally like, like this, cutting like a quarter of an inch off the top. Yeah, it only made sense with the PlayStation Two because it went from this, like which is four like inches to like an inch, less and a half. than an inch. Yeah, those did, those were small, which basically shows like the jump in technology that went from like that to like three or four years later, and yeah. they're able to shrink it into that. Yeah, and still get. As good or better, probably better than the yeah. original model. <laughs> yeah, that's always. And then crazy. in Iraq, weren't they? Didn't they find like they were using like five hundred PlayStation twos or something in like Iraq in two thousand three to like power some sort of 
like what power system. <laughs> because basically, like the PlayStation Two was the cheapest like bang for your buck of computing power in like two thousand three or something. How would you rig that up to run whatever you needed it to? You just like hack the the operating system on it. Yeah, and it's essentially run like a computer or something. Hold on, let me let me, let me search. Just it. like hack the operating system and put Windows on it or Linux, and then you're like, hey, look at me now. Christian, you I, I think it may have been fake. You said like two words the whole time, man. You think it was fake? Yeah. What? I've heard you say the 500 PlayStation 2s at some point. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I was like, what the heck? What are you talking about? And I never asked. <laughs> I guess I should have. <laughs> yeah, I think it may have been fake. Like, like a hoax or something. But there was supposedly a rumor that uh, like Saddam Hussein had bought like, you know, a ridiculous amount of PlayStation 2s. I want you to go out, buy a bunch of PlayStation 2s so that we can hook them up together and make a supercomputer. Basically, there was some... Spy <laughs> on the Americans. You wonder why you would... <laughs> why? Uh, and uh, you know what I'm about to say. Shoot a man before throwing me out of the plane. Um, <laughs> supposedly, there were something about like Japan shipping out PlayStation 2s to certain countries, and there were worries about potential military applications. What? For a PlayStation 2? Yeah. Uh, the reason why is it all came back to the emotion engine and its ability to process three dimensional images. The chip has a pair of vector processing units that in normal use allow the system to calculate positions in physical space. That functionality could be used outside of the game world, say, as part of a missile guidance system. Jeez. PlayStation was ahead of its time. Yeah. And, okay, supposedly right-wing blogs touted that Saddam Hussein had purchased PS2s and were going to use them for nuclear test simulations. Um, But that was never... That didn't happen. Hmm. It's also right after Y2K. Yeah, a lot so of that stuff was going around. People really didn't know what technology was doing. Uh, but what did happen is the National Center for Supercomputing Applications uh, looked at the cost to performance ratio for the console, like I was talking about, mm-hmm. like the, the amount you pay for the PlayStation 2. Because in 2002, they did release Linux for the PlayStation 2, where you could re basically apply who released the that? OS to it. Linux did? No, Sony did. For their PlayStation. I don't know why. So you could put Linux on a PlayStation 2? Mm-hmm. And, but this, the... Why would Sony release that? I don't know. They would never do something like that nowadays. Yeah, it, 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 it just to allow consumers to transform their consoles into personal computers, which, yeah. Now the market is completely different, but... <laughs> but this place, they networked 60... Um, to 70 PS2s, built a library to perform a variety of tasks, distributed across all the processors. It worked, but not well, and a few uh, bugs caused it to require rebooting regularly. That was probably just a Linux thing, though. Because I'm pretty sure Linux was, like, really buggy back in the day. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, way Especially if it was put now. on something like PlayStation 2 where it yeah. was yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like way better now than it was. I know, uh, I know Eli is using Linux. I have never personally done it because mm. I just 
run Mac OS or I on my Mac or I uh, you know on my PC I run Windows because yeah everything works <laughs> exactly <laughs> I don't yeah. have to like reconfigure I know some people everything. run Windows Seven why per- because it's it doesn't have as many weird quirks as Ten Ten has I a mean, lot of weird like hardware issues uh, I haven't had any hardware issues with nine. Early, it's not as easy as it used to be. Basically, uh, so they complicated it. Windows Seven is like very straightforward. It, yeah, Windows That's Eight why. was like was you awful. guys made this while you were on drugs, and, and Windows, then 10, is Windows like, okay, Ten is like back okay, track. yeah, this is this is good. This is yes. really good. Um, I actually like Windows Ten better than Windows Seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like them both. They're pretty good. I think Windows Ten is more similar to like a Mac OS, which I'm more familiar with. Than mm. Windows Seven is. I think it's a little bit easier to work right. around. The only thing, the one thing I do don't like, I really don't like about Ten is there's so many things that are like, I forget what it's called, but it's the thing of how it's like a thing, like to find something that used to be right there. It's like within a box, within a dialog box, within a menu, within another menu, mm-hmm. and it's like, why is this there now? It yeah. literally used to be right there. There's a name for that, you know what I mean? Where it's like devolution in design why instead of ever, evolution. Why did they ever take away some of the games? I don't know. That were like built in. Like 3D pinball. <laughs> there was just some distribution deal about like demos and other things. See, That's I, why uh, things came with. I downloaded when 3D pinball on my computer, but it runs in like a tiny little box in the very center of the screen. Yes. And to it's actually to, a certain, to actually like, play it to the full size, what I did was I put it in OBS in a window capture, I think, or I did like a desktop capture, and I just cropped it down and blew it up to fit the whole screen. <laughs> yeah. That way, I can actually you know see what I'm doing, and it's not like a tiny little box that I'm squinting at the whole yeah. time. I think it's one of those to where like it's set with its uh, you know resolution, and an old computer screen, the resolution was it fit. So it was really as big, normal sized on the screen. Yeah. And as you increase the resolution, it's like I can't. I literally. It's can't pretty crazy that resolution has changed that much. I know it's advanced because the monitors really, haven't. Really well, but the monitors haven't really changed size. Not that much, no. But the stuff, yeah, that was running on it, it's made like leaps and bounds, basically. Yeah. Okay, but this is the wildest part. In 2010, the U.S. military purchased. 1700 PlayStation 3s and linked them together at the Air Force Research Lab to create what was at the time the 33rd most powerful supercomputer on Earth. Holy crap. Yeah. Who has the most powerful supercomputer? Now, I don't know. But apparently that uh, they estimated that, that like if you tried to purchase comparable hardware to build it yourself... It would have cost ten times the amount of money than just buying that many PlayStation Threes. Really? Yeah. Jeez, which man. is insane. That's crazy. I feel like uh, they could try something that with the PS Fives once there's actually enough of them, because they're supposed to be pretty beefy. Also, apparently, I didn't know this was a thing. At the end of this article, it says like you know it's like a what if for the PlayStation Five, like you just said. But it says apparently the GPU can process 10.28 teraflops. I just want to say I love the word teraflops. Yeah, it's really good. That's the greatest unit of measurement that has ever been made. Yep. And it's uh, well above my pay grade on what I what know that about actually teraflops. Means. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't have a clue what teraflops mean. I know that it means that it's I know what a pretty powerful. teraflops is. Is it a triceratops with floppy horns? Yes, that's exactly right. I pictured it actually wearing flip-flops. So when it runs, instead of it like galloping and the that's horns right. stay straight, it's like whacking it every time. That's exactly Like a right. rubber horn. <laughs> that would be something to see. Okay, so this says, according to ebvaopenmind.com, the top 10 supercomputers, the new scientific giants. When you look at this thing, it looks sick. It's like super cool. And it's just like a server, basically. Um, the number one, the world's most powerful supercomputer today is called Summit. It's built by IBM for the U.S. Department of Energy's Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee. It occupies the equivalent of two basketball courts and achieves an impressive 148.6 petaflops thanks to its 2.41 million cores. Holy crap. That's insane. But the fact, though, that it's that two basketball courts, that's not that big for yeah. the amount of stuff that they have. In the, you know what I mean? Like in comparison to like the past. Or even says, the recent past. In addition to its large capacity, Summit is also the most energy efficient machine in the top 10 of the world's supercomputers. Its mission is civil scientific research. And since it came into operation in 2018, it has already participated in projects such as the search for genetic variants in the population related to diseases, the simulation of earthquakes and urban environments, the study of extremes, <clears throat> the study of extreme climatic phenomena, the study of materials on an atomic scale and the explosion of supernovae, among others. And also, the guy who runs it also plays Minesweeper. <laughs> Play Minesweeper on the supercomputer? Yeah. What a waste. And he still doesn't understand how Minesweeper works. Yeah. I don't know what kind <laughs> of simulations and stuff that they're running, but I don't know if they have like a software that they've built specifically for that or if it just runs some kind of long algorithm or... They probably have to build it like from scratch based on whatever experiment they're running. And then it does the, you know, calculations. Yeah. I don't know, man. But yeah. Also, they look like it's funny when you look at, because I'm looking at the same pictures of them. Like they didn't have to make them look cool, but they purposely made them look cool. Yeah. Which is kind of funny that we as humans are like, yeah, but what if it had like a, like a stripe on it? Like it doesn't matter. But they're like, yeah, but it kind of needs to look cool, right? Yeah, it's freaking crazy, man. The one that uh, is the second most powerful, um, it says IBM is also responsible. This is Sierra. So the first one is called Summit, which is at the Oak Ridge Lab National Laboratory. And then the second most powerful supercomputer is also in the US. It's called Sierra. And it is at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. And it says, IBM is also responsible for the second most powerful supercomputer on the list, Sierra. Located in California's Lawrence Livermore National Lab... That's a mouthful, man. Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Uh, based on summit-like hardware, Sierra manages 94.6 petaflops. 94.6. And the summit does 148.6 petaflops. That's a freaking huge difference mm -hmm. between the two. Unlike its older brother, Sierra is dedicated to military research, more specifically to the simulation of nuclear, 
What? More specifically to the simulation of nuclear weapons in place of underground tests. So instead of testing nuclear weapons underground, they just do it in the they computer. They just do it on the computer now. <laughs> so they're playing Civilization as Gandhi. I mean, <laughs> basically. Goodness gracious. Okay, this one the in China are looks in, sick, though. Are in China, from what I see. I'm looking at the same article. The third yeah. one is in China. The fourth one's also in China. The fourth one. The fifth it's one. Guangzhou. Is uh, at the... UT? Yeah, at UT, yeah. It's a... What? Frontier. Frontier. It's at Texas Advanced Computing Center in the University of Texas. How many PS2s is that one? Uh, about five billion. <laughs> <laughs> what if yeah. that was the measurement like horsepower but it's PS2 uh, power yeah. <laughs> that's PS2 actually pretty good because I feel like you could kind of comprehend like okay I kind of understand you know yeah. this entire time I've just been imagining what like, did you say you said two teraflops on the on the oh on the PlayStation 5 it said 10 10 but that was teraflops not petaflops I know so the PlayStation 2 was teraflops no the PlayStation 5 was 10 Terra flops. I'm getting confused. The places are too is nothing in flops. It was probably like megabytes or something. <laughs> Don't you know all these rooms are freezing cold? So this I would hate to go in there. If I, I did this math there. correctly, which I may not have, I'm pretty sure one like one petaflop is a thousand teraflops, like it is in like mm-hmm. terabytes and petabytes and mm-hmm. stuff. Okay. Um so that would be summit. The most powerful one is fourteen thousand eight hundred and sixty PlayStation fives. That's a lot. That's a lot, oh, man. But then you start thinking about what if you had five thousand? Like you'd be getting pretty far with computing. You know what I mean? If you bought five thousand, and you yeah. probably wouldn't have to spend as much. No, because I mean that's the the highest one ever, which is freaking nuts. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't know what a flop is. I don't know. Like, is that a unit of yeah. computing? Probably. Or like a memory size. No, memory size is bytes. I don't know. It could be above that. I think it must measure like computing power somehow. Or like graphics what are CPUs intensity. In? What do you mean? What's Cores and megahertz? Yeah. I think gra- like graphics processors are measured in flops. Okay, maybe that's what it is. Maybe. I don't know. You didn't hear that here if that's incorrect. Just want to make that disclaimer. <laughs> if you go and tell someone that a teraflop is a unit of uh, measurement by a graphic processor on a computer, you did not hear that from me. That is How much is a flip-flop? Doing. I don't know, man. It's probably above a petaflop. I yeah. had to guess. That'll be the next thing. Whenever they make the bigger flip, supercomputer, it'll be base. It'll be. It's got the power of one billion flip flops. Like chunkless. Yeah. It's just like on a machine, and it just like scoops one up and flings it. <laughs> we now have the power of one billion flip flops. No way you would flip a man before flopping him out of a plane. <laughs> 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 Christian was like mid sneeze. That, that, that got a mid sneeze. <laughs> Think about what I just said. I didn't hear it. I was focusing on my sneeze. Yeah, right. You heard what I you said. You started didn't laughing. You? you said, 
You wonder why you would flip a man before flopping him out of a plane. <laughs> you can't even say it without laughing this time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I wonder why you would flip a man before flopping him out of a plane. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. First, uh, I, first, I will break your flip. And then... I will break your flop. I will break your flop. <laughs> 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 all right and with that i think it's time for us to go so uh, holy moly any uh closing remarks um hmm you need to watch national treasure all the way through at some point you do yeah that uh, needs to happen as soon as possible no i did not know ps2s were that powerful i like, didn't either the whole time we had the wmds at home Exactly. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's it's crazy that they use them that way. The PlayStation 3 thing is funnier though. That they like basically were like, yeah, like this makes the most sense money wise to buy like fourteen hundred. Yeah, I mean when you look at it, like consoles have been well, I don't I don't know that it's necessarily still true today, uh, but as a whole, like consoles are way more powerful than like for dollar for dollar than like a computer is. Because mm-hmm. to make a computer that's more powerful than it, most of the time you have to spend more money. Right. But, and that's and not necessarily ex- true today because like graphics processors and CPUs and stuff have right. gotten it's so kind of, powerful. And uh, now you, it's kind of the prices are going lower and lower like right. every time a the new PCs one comes are out. kind of caught up with and gone past a little yeah. bit the consoles. Yeah. Um, but the benefit of the console, of course, is the whole idea of it's mass produced, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably going to work. And um, it's compact and one, and it's ready to go. Yeah, and you don't have to mess with anything. You don't have to like go and download in, like installers and right. You just have to download your game every time you log on, even though you already own it. Pretty much, yeah. Which or is, an update. I hate oh my gosh! Anyone who else. plays Warzone and is we'll listening to this, we'll talk about that in another episode. Oh, I hate. <laughs> I literally cannot stand playing Call of Duty anymore. And I used to enjoy it so much. But like every time you get on, there's like an 80 gigabyte update. Like hard drives used to not even be 80 gigabytes. <laughs> that used to be like yeah. an unheard of thing. Like one gigabyte when we were a kid was like, like <gasps> yeah. oh my gosh, I got the one gigabyte one. Yeah. Now it's like... Remember when eight gigabyte flash drives were like, oh my God. The pinnacle we, we of... We hold the future. Yeah. You paid like an arm and a leg for them. They're like $50. And then like four years later, a 64 gigabyte one was like 20 bucks. And you're yeah. like, okay, something's going on here. Like, like the same with SD cards. SD cards yeah. are super cheap. Now you can get like 128 gig for like 14 bucks and used to like an eight gigabyte was like $70 for an SD card. And you're like, oh my God, that's so much money. It's crazy. There's some name for that. I don't remember what it is, but it's basically like the extreme drop in cost of data storage over time. Was it a name for that? Yeah, there's there's a name for like that effect or something. Are you talking about how the um, technology capabilities that trend like they'll double every two years? Yeah, it's along the same oh. lines of that. I don't know, sir. There is no National Treasure Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think there will be. The script is on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Page 47. 
Let's have a look at that. Nick Cage coming to you from my beautiful Ireland paradise of Rapa Nui in the Polynesian island chain. You can hear my dolphin friends communicating with each other in the distance. Oh, that's right. Most people don't know, but dolphins actually have equal or higher intelligence and communication skills of that of humans. Anyway, I heard you recently rewatched my classic film National Treasure. And that one of your podcast members has not seen the film uh, all the way through, as they like to say. I'm highly disappointed in that. But I am glad to hear that my films are being rewatched in anticipation for National Treasure 3. Bruh. What's that? What's that? Little Jimmy stuck in the well? Alright, I must go, my friends. Until next time. One love. speechless at the moment that was a incredible update and it's so good to hear from our good friend nick cage thank you guys for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode subscribe on apple Podcasts. follow us on spotify uh share this episode with a friend let them know that uh nick cage is back and <laughs> follow us on follow us at question at hand on twitter instagram and facebook you can find all of those links on the question Join our Discord. Join the Question Head Running Club. We got a lot of stuff going on, but we'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys.